is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Trying to dissect this whole thing, break it all down on quite the opposite of a victory Monday here on the show. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. We're going to get to some of your reaction in just a moment. Motsy, first of all, I don't, a little bit of bad, I don't even know if it's bad news, but just we're about to go into the classroom here with Professor Motes, as we always do on a Monday, break down the good, the bad, and the ugly of Sunday's performance. Motsy, some of our stuff here in our shiny new studios carried over some of the bells and whistles, right? Some did not. Unfortunately, I don't have your school bell. Mm-mm-mm. So, I mean, you know how this works, though, right? You, just, you can just acapella this thing, right? <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I could do this. <clears throat> school bell on three? Yes. One, two, three. All right, that sounds about right. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this rolling. All right, we got five points like we always do because consistency is key in everything that we do in life, unless you want to spice it up. But for the majority of the times, you don't want to spice it up too much because then you're too consistent on the spice and not enough on the content. So, with that being said, we will start with the oldie but goodie. Uh-oh. Ball security. Mm. Unfortunately, it reared its ugly head up again. Um. During our winning streak, we talked about seven, more importantly, being very clean with the ball, not turning it over through fumbles or interceptions. Now, we knew context-wise was a little different because, obviously, some of those would-be interceptions were dropped. Well, yesterday, (laughs) a throw that, I mean, in terms of the catch itself, most of the time you don't think a DB is going to make that type of hands catch, interception, hold the ball away from their body, (laughs) take it all the way to the ground. I mean, it it was an awesome catch. It was. But I guess that type of catch makes up for the best in the nation. You know, where it's hitting you in the the face and it's dropping it. But regardless of that, ball security has to be improved. Deontay Johnson, that reared his head up with him, not just with the fumble, but even catching the ball. Things that have plagued us before that we thought we had got away from, they have started to creep their heads up in these past couple of weeks. And that's why these past couple of weeks have looked like they have in terms of hard for it, very close games. Some of them we've been lucky in, but other times we've been unfortunate. That's just a part of the process. And not luck in the sense of, oh, we shouldn't have won it, but just lucky in the sense of a ball had to bounce back our way to account for it or make up for that issue. But ball security has to be improved. It has to be. Otherwise, we will continue to look and feel like we currently do or currently or, or how we did feel after yesterday's game. Yeah, listen. I mean, you and I—we've discussed this in the in these lectures before, Professor. When you are, you know, when you're not at the top of the mountain in terms of talent, you know, there were times in the past that the Steelers could just get by with their Jimmys and Joes, being better than everybody else's. Those were the good days, you know. And Arthur Motes was out there on the field. I mean, <laughs> those were the good days. You just—we just show up. You had <laughs> you had Lawrence up. Taylor and Ray Lewis rolled into one Stop over there with it. Arthur Motes. Stop it! Don't you? What, what Michael Parsons say? Don't you put that on me? Ah, uh-uh, uh-uh, definitely don't put that on me. Uh, uh-uh. no, 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 no. You've got to be buttoned up in the margins, man. Yeah. When you are a seven-seven and one team, when you are a average football team, I don't think we have to hide from that anymore. Mm. Yeah, you, you know, you ain't the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
But that is the beauty Yank of the Jets. That is the beauty of when the season progresses. We do get it clear and defined. When we said early beginning of the season, anywhere between eight, ten, eight, and eleven wins. Look where we're at right now. <sighs> look where we at. Yeah. You got you gotta be you gotta be buttoned up. You gotta win the turnover battles. You can't be taking dumb penalties. You can't be blowing assignments at the line of scrimmage as often as they are. Correct. Offensively or defensively. Can't do that, man. That's how when you are an average football team and you come up against a what we all think is a pretty darn good one in Kansas City, and you end up, you know, losing by a nice chunk of points out there. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Are you ready for this uh, second point? I am ready for point number two, Professor. I have got my pen and my pad, and I am ready to write down all these (sighs) notes diligently. Well, this is another situation where I don't even know how I want to word this, but ultimately, we still have not found new problems. (laughs) It's more of a, a disappointment than a chastisement, if that makes sense. Like... You're not mad, you're just disappointed? Yeah, because... Oh, you're going to bust that one out of the holiday season? I mean, I think about the O-line, right? We've talked about these very same things following the Philadelphia Eagles preseason game. Hmm. Now, I'm very specific in that game. Because that was the first time we got introduced to something that was being put on tape. I was seeing it in practice, you were seeing it in practice, but we weren't really seeing it on TV and in games. But we said, man, versus a number one D-line or, or just a starter caliber D-line because the Cowboys game, they didn't have that in the preseason. Correct. But we was like, man, the Eagles, they actually put out some of their guys. They've got they've got some dudes on yeah. their defensive line. And we saw what it looked like. We was like, man, we, we are kind of small at center, obviously with Kendrick Green. We said on the perimeters, like our, our tackles, they couldn't really protect like we wanted them to. And, you know, here we are at what week of the season, and we're saying similar things. And the frustrating part is this. When I say we haven't found new problems is this. We knew who they were and what they would struggle with then. In July. Why haven't we taken the necessary steps to improve that, whether that is by switching out personnel, whether that is schematically saying, you know, well, maybe we can't run three and four receiver routes. Maybe it has to just be two-man routes and we protect and max pro every time we want to throw the ball downfield. Those are the type of things, when I say new problems we haven't found, that's not just talking about players. That's talking about coaches as well. They're all in it together. They're all in it together. But it's certain problems that should not still be occurring. Being stout at the point of attack defensively, tackling, wrapping up. How about that, right? I mean, we saw some big hits. Big hits. Not a lot of big wrap-ups, though. Ah. Wait, mm-hmm. you, you, wait you're telling me Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, shouldn't be impossible to bring down at the goal line. Man, I, I, that was Clyde? Man, I thought, I thought that it was Jerome Bettis. I thought it was Jim Brown. I thought he just switched jerseys. <laughs> Man. I, and I know Jim. I knew Jim. I thought, I thought he turned uh, the clock back on his man. I was like, dang, Jim, that's you? I had Bussy and Erlacher flashbacks, like, although not, not good this time. I don't feel like Erlacher hit Bussy that hard. Man, that that I mean, it was a fire, it was a pow, gunshot. I started to duck. But you got to wrap up. Details, fundamentals, man. We've yep. talked about this Detail ad nauseum at times. The details. Those are the things that can't continue to happen. Those are the things that you have to find new issues to be dealing with. Blowing mm-hmm. coverages, like you said, missed assignments up front and protection. Those things cannot continue if you expect to win because our margin of error in Pittsburgh currently. It's too small. 
uh, don't have that luxury it's anymore. It's razor thin. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like that's the that's the reality of it. Razor thin. <laughs> and when you're facing good teams like the Chiefs are, it just becomes more pronounced, more highlighted. And that's the thing that mm-hmm. when you're getting to this stage of the season, why it becomes more of an issue because you're not talking about week five and week six where we're saying, well, we're still going to play Chicago. We're still going to play Seattle. We're going to play some some bad teams. We should be able to win. No. You know what happens <laughs> after these two weeks is playoffs. And playoffs. what type of teams do you think make it to the playoffs, Wes? The good ones. Okay. Say you get a good first-round matchup. Great. What do you think is waiting on you in the second round? Kansas City Chiefs. What do you think is waiting on you in the third round? Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm pretty sure there ain't going to be no bum in the Super Bowl coming out the NFC either. No, the NFC is going to be a lot of fun to watch. That's why for me, it's just very frustrating and very disappointing to see that we still have these same issues, knowing that the road doesn't become any easier at this stage. Oh, no. It only gets more difficult. Absolutely. Now, (sighs) third point that I want to talk about. Man, I'm... I mean, this is oh, this is a rough class today. It is, it what. is, it is. I'm sorry. I, 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 I was disappointed. Should have played hooky today. Jeez. You know, I, I I thought we had a great study guide. I thought we you, you showed up to office hours. I was ready for you to take this test. I thought you were going to do well, Oof. and you bombed it. You bombed it. And now I I thought that this could be a Oof. slip up for you. I just didn't think that you would fail it in the 30 and 20 range. I thought it would be more of like a high 60s. Yeah, even you know what I'm saying. Even if we're grading on a curve, <laughs> this one's still not good. I thought it was going to be that situation. Okay. But either way, I digress. So, third thing we got to talk about, though, are the coordinators. They have to be improved. Now, I'm not saying improved in the sense of drastic fires and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, we'll get to that in the offseason. But they have to be improved in the areas of what I was talking about earlier, in terms of understanding who you have on the field, understanding your personnel, understanding the makeup of your team, offensively and defensively. Prime example, if you're on defense, man, if you know we're struggling stopping the run, okay, we got to figure out something. Do you change your call? Do you run blitz? Do you bring action guy into the box? Oh, you got to worry about the receivers. Well, at the same time with that, it's like, man, I understand that we might not flip-flop corners. I understand you have your hierarchy of who you think should or should not be out there. But Mm -hmm. if the current guys that are out there are getting fried by, (sighs) let's see, because it wasn't Tyreek Hill. Nope. Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle. Uh, McCall I'm more of an original Hardman. Pringle guy myself. McCall, uh, well, is, is, is it McCall? McCall, McCall yeah, yeah, McCall, McCall Hard, Hardman. Hardman. Yeah. He, you know was, what I mean? he was cooking. Oh. Like, like, I, I think at that time, I'm just like, why those die? Like, why, why them? Why them? Yeah. I, like, if it was Tyreek, it's different. But it wasn't Tyreek. Tyreek had two catches, two targets. You did a great job taking him out. Great job. But you can't have those other guys doing that. And if they are doing that, well, you know what? Maybe you need to take the dudes that are on the field off the field and put somebody else on the field. Because clearly what was the, what was the matchup out there wasn't yeah. breeding the results that we wanted. No, it was not. Like I said, it's frustrating. But if you're the coordinators, you have to be in tune with your personnel. And if you have to say to yourself, well, you know what, we can't do this personnel-wise, well, then now you got to go to your calls. Now you got to call calls to put them in position to be successful. But I just didn't feel like they were doing enough of that offensively or defensively in terms of some of the adjustments that should or should not have been made. And it's hard to win like that. I absolutely agree. When you compound that with the players having their own issues, now you have this perfect storm of disaster for us. Can't happen. All right. Can't have it. You got a KYP, Arthur Motes. You got to know your personnel. Man, I thought you were saying BYOB. I was ready to bring my own beverage as well. Oh, all right. <laughs> no, not here in our fancy new studios. I hear oh, those yeah, are provided yeah. for us. Oh, you're right. You're right. I mean, is this Aquafina? 
Whew, man, and it feeds you on this side. Shout out to us. Anywho, I'm drinking straight Cristal over here, baby. Ooh, ooh, I see your champagne poppy. <laughs> All right, now the fourth thing that I want to talk about, though, huh, and this is the last negative because the fifth will be a positive. I assure you of that. I do like it how you do that. Yes, right. but, but this one I do have to, I mean, because if we don't criticize, if we don't critique and comb through, then we'll think that this is okay. We'll think that, the norm, the status quo is acceptable, and I do not want to be a part of that miscommunication. Agreed. Agreed. But as a whole, all three phases, we did get outplayed. And it's very rare that we do see that in all three phases, right? But yesterday we did. Um, I thought the punting was better with uh, with Corliss Waitman. I mean, it was good to see him jump on a moving train and punt two really nice punts. Yeah, yeah. But you think about the first punt, the coverage unit. I mean, they gave up a decent return on that. You got to be better. And you missed the field goal in terms of Boz. Missing from 36. I've never seen Boz miss from 36. We all had the same win conditions out there. We know what it was. But their kicker made theirs. Hit it from 44. He hit his. Those are some of the things where it was like, man, we can't have that either in a game where you know you're already behind. You're yes. already behind the eight ball. You yes. know how significant this is. Every possession, every opportunity to score matters. And you 100%. can't leave points out there. And I do feel like we did that in all three phases. I thought that, you know, we had some opportunities to get a turnover. I thought that Minka, man, that, that mean, it would have been a, a crazy play. Ooh. But it's like, man, that turnover, that helps. <laughs> it yeah. can help. Yeah. It, it could. Absolutely. Obviously, it was a bad break with the Highsmith, you know, on, on the strip sack. Just happens to land in the. It was at uh, Thoney. I think that was it. Joe Thoney. Joe Thoney. He ends up catching it. I mean, it was crazy. But as a whole, it's like, man, some of those things, that's we got to get that. We got to capitalize on those. And we just did not do enough of it yesterday. That's what you're able to do against the Titans. Yeah, and that, that was you, the difference. That you didn't have yesterday. Yeah, that was yeah. the difference. But enough of the negative. Let's get to the positive. Let's get out of here on a good note. Fifth and final thing is this simple. Finish strong. You control your destiny right now. You control a lot right now. Now, you don't control everything, but you got you, you still got a lot of control. You can dictate how Ben goes out. You can dictate if this team is viewed as quitters or if this team is viewed as a resilient bunch that's going to keep fighting, scratching, and clawing and trying whatever they can do to be successful. But either way, decide that thing, man. Mm -hmm. Do it the right way. Mm -hmm. Because first off, this is Pittsburgh. Nobody wants losers. We don't, we don't like losers. Why do you don't, think the Pirates get the, the flack that they get this around is here? A winning, we just don't like this that. This is a win in town. Moats, it's been about a decade since I've heard anybody talk about pit basketball. Exactly. I mean, DeJuan so, Blair ain't walking so, through so that door. So we, we don't want this to go there, but I think the Steelers again, are the exception they, to that. They, they are. They I mean, are. the Steelers could go 0-17 next year, and we'd still be – well, I mean, if they went 0-17, we'd be pulling our hair out. Exactly. And you're only talking about a one-year 0-17. Pitt has been sustained – you know, non-excellence of lately. Used to be the hottest ticket yeah. in town, pit basketball. Now, so that's my thing. So it's like. I think they were giving them out in let, stockings. Let's, right. Let's, let's not act like if this team just fell off a cliff that, oh, everybody's going to support them as well. Because we even saw with the Duck and Mason season that that wasn't accurate either. That was eight and eight year. And we saw what them fans, was, what the stands was looking like. Don't make me talk about these no-shows again like okay. I got on my soapbox a couple months ago. So with that being said, just finish strong. Yeah. That's all we're asking. If you lose the games, we don't care to that extent if you go out here and you compete and you look professional. Look competent at times, right? Because I think that was why people feel so down about yesterday's game. I don't think anybody, when the season first came out, would have penciled them in that, oh, yeah, this is for certain the Chiefs 
are going to, or for certain, the Steelers are going to beat the Chiefs. Right. I don't think any of us say. I think people would, even the most biased and homers of, you know, the fan bases and stuff like that, they would call it a 50-50 game. They would say, oh, yeah, man, we got a chance. But I don't think any of us would put, you know, our life savings on it that the Steelers are going to win. No. But the reason why we <laughs> all feel like life this right savings. now. But the reason why we feel like that right now is because what? The way, the manner in which they lost. Yeah. And that's what there's it been, can't look like. There's been way too many ugly losses. Right. Lately. It can't look like that. We don't mind you losing. You're never going to be perfect. But you have to at least look like it matters. You have to at least make it yeah, look like you're being competent. The game. You're professional. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's why we'll finish it with finish strong, my guys. Finish strong. You and I have discussed how we've, in a way, recalibrated expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, we know this is Pittsburgh. The standard is the standard. We, you know... No one here in this town is going to be throwing parades and, and making hats just for getting a wild card game like they were doing in Cleveland last yep. year, right? It's There's that interesting juxtaposition where, you know, if the Pirates won the division, we'd all be going nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it hasn't happened in like 30 years. But when the Steelers win the division, it's it's almost just expected. It's just a step on that ladder on that rung. But Moats and I discussed last week how if you're still holding that tight to the standard is the standard, to Super Bowl or bust, to win playoff games or bust – you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be ticked off. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You probably don't want to hear this, and we'll get into this in the offseason. Probably going to be ticked off for a couple more years, too. Because, again, foundation of the house, repairs, all that stuff. Again, different conversation. Same church, different pew. You, there is still a way, I think, for us to end this season at least with a semi-smile on our face. Again, you sweep. Like, are you, you talking sweep, about like the Joker smile? Are you gonna, no, like the, like, you're gonna put like a the smile? Grinch, like the let, Grinch. Let smile. me tell you how I got these these scars. You know, let me, let me tell you about this. Yeah, I, I don't want those type of smiles. Um, you know what I'm doing? <laughs> okay. I'm I'm. You keep those smiles to yourself. I'm, I'm walking into the defensive meeting. I'm breaking a pool stick <laughs> over my leg. We're gonna have tryouts. You know what I'm saying? Like, y- y- y'all can keep all that aggressive. Yeah, I- I'm cool. I am cool. You can still send Ben out with two victories. You can sweep the Browns and the Ravens. You can keep the non-losing streak season alive. Again, we could argue if those things are real or if they're fugazi-fugazi, but there is still a way that we can be sitting here two weeks from now when Arthur Motes and I more than likely will be wrapping up the season, unless they do win and get some help and find a way into the playoffs, and we cannot just be completely dejected. Yeah, There is still a way to to finish strong, even if in the bigger picture it might not be what we want you got to evaluate on a case-by-case basis, and I think it's fair to move those goalposts a little bit this year, as you and I discussed last week. Yeah, I would agree with that. I do think it's fair. And I think that it's healthy <laughs> this way as well, man. It is. Because it's more real. It's more real. And, Moats, we are nothing if not real. At least we try to be. My hair's real. And professional. My nails are real. Because, you know, we're big professionals on this My station. eyelashes are real. We, yeah. we are a fact-based show. If anybody knows anything about us, it's yeah. that we're a fact-based show. Yeah. That and... We don't work overtime. Never overtime. Uh, Jace, Even in the new studio, we ain't working overtime. Jay, we do like it in here, but like Jace, <laughs> Jace brings to our attention, we got a little bit of breaking news. Uh, oh, yeah. Adrian Clem, mm-hmm. effective immediately, exiting the Steelers 15 games into being the head offensive line coach. Um, report was that he would stay through the season originally, but he is leaving today. And to clarify, not a fire. Correct. He is He's leaving the to take job. the assistant head coaching job at Oregon University. Just to clarify that as well, because mm-hmm. other people are like, oh yeah, see, those are the changes that we needed. Fire somebody, like not so fast. And he's got organ ties as well. Yes, too. that is correct. Yeah. So there's there's your kind of big breaking news of the day. Now, are you surprised that he's leaving 
essentially now versus waiting the final two weeks? Am I? Yes and no. Okay. Um, yes, because it's his first NFL coaching job. And, 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 and this is all just from the outside. I don't know. Maybe the conversation in there is, hey, go, go ahead, you know? Yeah. And maybe they're okay with that. Maybe that's just how things have been going. But I, I am surprised, yes. But I also – I know how these things work in college football. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In college football, it's all it's all about getting it's all about recruiting period, signing period. It's if all you don't about go getting down. They going. That's why all these yeah. coaches leave before yeah. their bowl games, leave before this and that, is because if you don't go now, some other program is out there recruiting and is out Very there true. doing all this stuff while you're still hanging with your ex. Yes. That's how these guys look at it. Um, so if he was taking another NFL job, this would be more surprising to me. But he's going back to college, and in college, this is this is the the money making time of year. This is when you're out yeah. doing that recruiting. Um, December, January, and February. So, yeah, Adrian Clem, we hardly knew ye. 15 games and he's gone. Uh, some people are tweeting out that it's maybe safe to assume, and you know what Arthur Motes says happens when you assume, uh, that Chris Morgan will take over mm-hmm. as offensive line coach the rest of the way this year. What you know about Chris Morgan, Arthur Motes? Not uh, much. I know he's an assistant now. Yeah, not at all, man. Not at all. Yep. But obviously we'll do our research on him and – I'll have a more detailed report next time we're on air, but yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't mean that like literally to put. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't want to like. Oh yeah, give us a scouting oh, report. Oh no, on man, Morgan. you're good. Come on, bro. I don't take it like that. No how. I don't take myself that serious. First off, and thanks to everybody too. There are a couple of you that that, yeah. that tweeted us to let us know. Um, Calthrop, Irie, yeah, because the reports have um, been coming Jace out, all telling us there. Yeah, right now news it's, here. Yeah, we're just waiting for it. Obviously the get like official official but yeah it is pretty much it's been going on i know all morning it's been rumored as well uh but i'm with you though i i have mixed feelings on it part of, like the one part is i think in the adrian clem as a professional at the nfl level yeah you want to finish your work don't you kind of finish your work because if I'm a coach 10 years from now and I'm considering bringing Clint with me, I'm going to say to myself, well, when the going got tough, he bailed two weeks Absolutely. before this. Granted, it didn't necessarily have to be like that, but that is how it could That's be That's how perceived. people can perceive these things. They can Absolutely. perceive it. Yeah. No different how when we brought Clem in and then we promoted him to offensive line coach, what was the first thing people did? They brought up his UCLA time. They brought up the transitions that he had at other places versus just focusing on new guy, new opportunity. I do think that that could come back to hurt him down the line. Um, but in terms of his opportunity to go back to college, I mean, for him, it makes a lot of sense. Number one, you know the college game. You have ties in that area. He's an Oregon guy. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Uh, recruiting should be a lot easier for you for a couple of reasons. First off, you be an Oregon guy. But number two, you're an NFL guy. Anytime you're an NFL guy as a college kid or, excuse me, as a high school kid, that holds more weight. Hey, I've been I've been I've, in the I've NFL. I know Super what Bowls. it takes. I've yeah. coached in the NFL. I've coached for the Steelers. I won with the Patriots. Like those type of things as a 17, 18 year old. And when you're telling that to someone's going, mom in absolutely. a living room. Yeah. And if and if I'm sitting with my son, you don't tell my son, go to where you've had guys that have been in the NFL because they know what it takes. Because if you don't, they're gonna have you doing things that aren't necessarily, you know, productive to you making that next jump. So for Asia, I mean it makes a lot of sense to do that. I guess it's the timing of it is kind of weird. And I was a little surprised – well, not surprised that the team would allow, you know, him to be released from his contract sure. because that is – they have to do that part as well. Yes, yes. But the the reason why I'm not necessarily surprised is because we always hear Coach Thomas say he wants what? 
He doesn't want hostages. He wants volunteers. He wants volunteers. Yeah. So if a guy has already decided that, you know what, I am going to take this job, I do plan out. to leave, you know, this isn't what we wanted to be, then, yeah, that could be the case. Not saying that it was. But it could be. But it could be. And that's the part of it, man. But it's going to be interesting to see um, in terms of when they make their full-scale changes and upgrades and things like that this offseason, how they approach that. Because now you're looking at having, what, three different offensive line coaches in the past four or five years now? It's a lot of turnover. It's a lot of turnover. That reminds me of when I was in Buffalo. It's the opposite of the yeah. Mike Munchak days. Right. In Buffalo, that's what it was. It was like literally every year you're having different position coaches, different coordinators, and it's hard to build that continuity. It's hard to have everybody on the same page in terms of teaching styles, in terms of expectations. That's what you have to start accounting for when you talk about that many changes in that quick. But the reality also is this. Clem could just be the first domino. Yeah. And that's the other part where it's kind of like, I don't feel hard either way about this because if they're planning to make big overhaul changes, which could legitimately be in play, where you're talking quarterback, where you're talking coordinators, then, yeah, it doesn't really matter if you kept an O-line coach or if you allowed that guy to leave right now. Right. You know, like that. that's just – you're just accelerating the, the process a right. couple weeks ahead of time. That's, that's it. And if they feel like, man, you know what, even if we are able to win these last two and make a run, like, what do we see this thing ending at versus Clem saying to himself, right. man, me getting that job and leaving Monday versus me leaving three, four weeks from now is night and day. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's well said by you. And, and maybe part of it is, too, like maybe there's just the simple possibility, right, that like, hey, this isn't working out. We're probably going to part ways after the season. Maybe we can get a Chris Morgan, a fresh voice in charge here, new eyeballs, maybe a little tweak or something, and you get a little bit of a response for the for the final two weeks of the season. Again, just all all things that could be playing in there. Um, but yeah, Adrian Clem, we hardly knew ye, um, and he's taken off a couple thousand miles away, uh, off to the well. And he's a West Coast guy too. Oregon University, yeah, University of Ingl- Oregon. Yeah, he's from yeah. Inglewood too. He is. So he's a West Coast guy. He's got Coast. Oregon ties. Played and coached there in the yeah. past. Um, and obviously, we do wish him all the best and, and hope yeah, it works absolutely. out for him going forward. Yeah, we ain't gonna ever be one of them people that oh yeah you're gone. Well, I hope you suck and everything like yeah, that. No, nah, I'm never like no. Nah, we don't play. I, I'm not a fan pl- of those type of people either. We don't play. <laughs> we don't play that yeah. around here. Not at all. Mozi, we're gonna take our last break. When we come back here, we got a lot of answers about the the would you rather in terms of what happens in the Steelers' last two games. We got a lot of other questions relating to yesterday's performance or lack thereof Mm-mm-mm. at Arrowhead Stadium against Kansas City. I, if you went to the game, I at least hope you got a good plate of barbecue. That's the least you could ask for, right? I mean, I saw some pictures. I saw some tweets. It looked like the, the lots there in Kansas City were not disappointing as always. So last chance to get involved. You know where to get at us on Twitter. We'll get to your reactions, your questions, comments, concerns, um, and kind of wrap up this conversation here on a Monday. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler, live from our new iHeart Studios here on SNR.